Hello, this is Victor Nyauchi listening to Clubhouse and Podcast. Not that cricket. Clubhouse End Podcast and it's the eve of the ICC Men's Cricket World Cup qualifier. The name is Larry Creed and I'm getting close, as close to the game as possible in Zimbabwe. And today I am honored to have a man who was here a couple of months ago, had a couple of late ones, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, all around good guy, Andrew Leonard. Thank you very much for joining me. Larry, great to see you and it's just so wonderful to be back in Harare. I love it here in Zimbabwe. Did I spill a few secrets there? <laughs> hopefully not. Hopefully not. I think there, there's a few little rumors out there, but ignore the rumors in life. Yeah, I always, always, what, what did Michael Jackson call it? Don't believe the news. <laughs> don't believe the Don't believe the And I can't say don't believe the news because we do news things. Correct. So then don't believe us when we talk about cricket. <laughs> no, it can't be that. So uh, Zimbabwe versus Nepal is the first match. Yep. So first of all, uh, you've been back. How has it been uh, so far before we get into the cricket? Yeah, look, it was last year in January for the Ireland Zimbabwe series where I was just sort of blown away by how incredible the crowds were, the atmosphere was, and then actually spent the majority of the next couple of months in Nepal and Kathmandu, where I, I cover a, a lot of cricket on the associate circuit, and uh, was covering all of that incredible run that Nepal had, winning 11 games from 12 to qualify automatically here for Zimbabwe, and then uh, going on and furthering their success, staying unbeaten to get to the Asia Cup for the first time in their history. They're very much aside on the rise, but I suppose talking about tomorrow's game first, I think we're in for a barnstormer. I think Nepal will put it right up to Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe, big favourites, of course. Nepal have never beaten a Test Nation before in a one-day international. But I think Nepal, definitely one of the livelier underdogs from the six associates, who I think will all do really well. And I don't think it's a dead cert that it will be two Test Nations that qualify from here in Zimbabwe. This tournament is going to be epic. And that's the thing that you kind of enjoy about, you know, a tournament that has got not just it's not just a round robin stage. You got time to recover. If you get through to the Super Six, anything can happen. If you look at what happened with Afghanistan last year, and what I mean, last time out, and Zimbabwe and the UAE, that was a foregone conclusion for so many people. And Afghanistan, were if that match had gone one way, that that was a for Zimbabwe would be through. And you you even go back to the group stage when Zimbabwe tied against Scotland and. Uh, you know, you, the, the big teams have to be wary. I don't think they don't, they don't just have to be wary, Larry. I think they're going to lose games. I think we saw that in 2018, and all that's happened since then is associate cricket has had a real boost over the last three or four years. In this four-year cycle between the two World Cups, ICC have put in place a structure. Cricket World Cup League 2 for the sides ranked 14th to 20th in the world, and then the Cricket World Cup Challenge Leagues from 21st down to 32nd. Now, none of them got through the Challenge Leagues, although Canada ran it really close. But the five that will come from Cricket World Cup League 2 and then Netherlands from the Super League, they're all really good sides. And any of those six sides, I'd include the USA and UAE in this, can beat these teams on their day. We saw uh, Netherlands beat 
Ireland, albeit in a warm-up game a couple of days ago, we've seen Zimbabwe lose to associate sides before, and I think Sri Lanka and the West Indies are going to be right on their game. Yes, Sri Lanka are favourites, and rightly so. I think they're the highest-ranked team here, they've probably got the most variety in their bowling attack, they've got devastating batting, but I don't think the West Indies are by any means certs, although they've started very impressively under Darren Sammy. I think Zimbabwe are live chances, Ireland if they play well, I think if the associates, Nepal, really will fly the flag, even though it's a second-rate Netherlands side in some ways, with seven or eight players missing due to county cricket, they are no walkovers. They just beat Ireland a couple of days ago, like I said. And even the UAE, like all of these teams, they can all beat each other on their day. And like you said, with the format, every game's critical. If you win a game in the group stages and you go through with that team, you're going to carry those points through to the Super Six. It was really a freak in 2018 what happened because of the tie between Zimbabwe and Scotland and then Zimbabwe losing to the UAE that allowed Afghanistan to get through with just three wins in the Super 6 structure. Unless you carry points through, you've got to have everything go your way. So you need to finish first or second in your group and then get winning in the Super 6. What had Nepal, um, you know, essentially going on that run of 11 out of 12? Because they had a terrible period before that. So what changed? Well, two things changed. Monty Desai came into play as the new head coach in January. Uh, Robert Peddle took over as captain. And they just brought... Uh, there was always talent in Nepal. There's never been a question of that. They've had a brilliant bowling attack for many years. They're probably one of the best fielding sides. I think you'll see that here. I think they'll outfield even some of the test nations. The likes of Dependra Singh Ari, Bim Sharkey, Robert Peddle himself. They're all excellent fielders. They're super quick over the ground. And they're very quick between the wickets when they bat as well. That's what changed. It became a harmonious dressing room. And Monty Desai is a special guy. He's a coach from India. He was the West Indies batting coach, so he'll know the West Indies well when they play the West Indies. He'll have a plan in place for them, I can assure you of that. And really, it shows the value of kind of the power of a team over a group of individuals, which being honest, that's what Nepal probably were a little bit before. They never quite had a unity or a harmony. Now they have it. They're a real side to watch. They're going to have to do it all here. They really will. You know, they've never beaten a Test Nation before. But even if they were to get to the Super Six, that would be a big achievement. And I think they might be able to beat a Test Nation here in Zimbabwe for the first time. Might not be Zimbabwe. Might be one of the other ones. Well, Zimbabwe has a history, uh, more often than not, of being one of the fir- being the first team to be beaten by an associate of some sort. <laughs> I think the first time against Scotland and so forth. So I think Zimbabwe will be wary of that. Yes. Uh, under Dave Houghton, I think there's a, there's a lot more purpose. There's a lot more... Uh, they're a more aggressive team and they're more focused. I, they, they're with, recently, um, after the Netherlands tour, what happened is that they went and ha- had a six-week training uh, fitness uh, fitness uh, tour. And one of the things that I think a lot of players used to worry about, I mean, a lot of fans used to worry about, was the injury record. Yep. And some of that, you just come from lack of fitness. And you, and I look at guys like Tendai Chitara, who were looking like the, you, a fielder that you need to hide. He's come back out of the six weeks and looks like he's, he can put himself yeah, quite Rich, a bit. Richard Engler, the same. Yeah. Uh, the, the, but uh, the question, I mean, I guess two things have to happen. If everything is equal, Zimbabwe should win the match. They've got home conditions. Yep. Uh, they're more experienced side. And then, you know, in a game of where it gets a little bit even, sometimes they will use their experience to get over the line. But that also then doesn't take into uh, we also need to talk about the brilliance of the spinning uh, the spin uh, attack that uh, Nepal have and because they play a lot of spin and Zimbabwe have also got a lot of spinners in them that 
could make an interesting battle right there, couldn't it? Look, I think it really will. The one, I think the biggest advantage, not just the 12 or 14,000 passionate, joyful, singing, exuberant Zimbabwean fans that will be cheering them on as a 12th man. Nepal are used to having that 12th man when they play at home in Kathmandu. It'll be very different for them here. They'll at least have the experience of playing in front of such a big crowd. But the biggest advantage I would give Zimbabwe tomorrow, it's the HSC. This ground, they know it better than anyone. It's going to be a very good batting surface. I was out looking at the, the square earlier. I think for me, it looks like a 300 plus kind of deck of wickets. I don't know which one of the, one of the, the tracks they're using. And that may play to their advantage. I think if it was turning conditions, maybe like we'll see in Bulawayo as the tournament progresses, as the wickets start to tear and wear a bit, I think that could have played to Nepal's advantage. But Nepal do also have a decent seam attack. We'll see Karen KC and Sampal Kami open up for them. And then we'll also see young Gulshinja, 17 years of age, big, strong young boy. You can get it up towards sort of 135 kilometers an hour in that range. But I would say Zimbabwe certainly have the better bowling attack from a pace bowling perspective Engarav I think is world class blessing Mazurabani outstanding and then you complement that with the spinners the likes of Beryl and Raza and also Sean Williams superb rounded attack and actually the one point I wanted to build on that you made there you asked me what's changed for Nepal well it's been really Monty Desai what's changed for Zimbabwe over the last 12 months the run that they've got on over the last 12 to 18 months with Dave Houghton and the job he has done phenomenal I adore this country I think the world of them I would love them to. I'd love for six or seven of these teams to qualify for the World Cup sadly only two can but let's hope it's not just let's say Sri Lanka and West Indies going unbeaten through the tournament I don't think that'll be the case I think we'll see upsets and anything could happen over the course of this tournament also you look at uh, Sri Lanka and the West Indies if they have they, they sometimes come in and they could beat anyone like literally they're almost like the Pakistan as well <laughs> but then they could come on a day and lose to anyone <laughs> so they, so they'll have, they've got Darren Sammy and he's He's a winner and he's won two, he captained two World Cup winning sides. So I guess they, he'll get into their heads. And I, 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 I think I saw the interview that Shana had with ICC where they say that, you know, they're harking back to the 1996 side and getting experience from that and create, want to create a new legacy. In, in, in a different way, I don't know if that you'd want to look at that for inspiration or do you now put unnecessarily pre, unnecessary pressure on yourself? that you're now playing because you have a, hist a history of having a World Cup winning side. And I, 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 I always give the example of, say, um, football teams. Like, you know, let's give an example of Manchester United. Just because they, there's a certain generation that won titles, it almost makes it feel in some way that is a bit of an entitlement to win titles with a different generation. And do you think that might be a factor that you put too much pressure on yourself because something happened before? Pressure is the key word. So if we look at this tournament, we've got two former World Cup winners. West Indies won the first two World Cups, 75-79. Sri Lanka won it famously in 96 with De Silva, Ranatunga et al. Yes, they've got the pedigree, but they're going to be scrapping for their lives here just to get to India. Yeah. on the road to the Men's Cricket World Cup 2023. I don't think by any stretch either of them are certs. Okay, maybe if you look at them, they're favourites in, in theory. But the one thing that the associates have, and even the likes of Ireland will have in Zimbabwe to a lesser extent, Ireland, Zimbabwe and the associates will have the experience of playing cricket with a lot of context and a lot of meaning behind it. And also the, the cricket that they're used to, if you don't win, you might not get a contract. You know, if you're like Papua New Guinea, you just lost their ODI status through Cricket World Cup League 2, you could lose your job. So they know there's consequences. That's the word I'm looking for. Consequence to their performances. So they, in many ways, are actually more used to the pressure. Okay, you can argue that West Indies and Sri Lanka are, are more skillful than Zimbabwe and Ireland. 
But I think the associates will handle the pressure better in some ways. There's there's almost no expectations on Nepal tomorrow. If they were to spring a massive upset and beat Zimbabwe, the hosts on the opening day, what what a way that would set the tournament up. And I wouldn't rule it out. Obviously, Zimbabwe are favourites. Yes, of course they are. And they know this ground better than anything. In fact, I think if it was over Pulaweo, I think I'd bring Nepal into the game a little bit more. But the one thing that Nepal will do tomorrow, they will feel brilliantly well, they'll run between the wickets excellently, they'll have no concerns with the massive crowd, they're more than used to that, they're the only associate that's used to that. And I think there's a real chance we're going to see some upsets, might not be tomorrow, and even like you talked about Thikshana's interview with the ICC, what did he say? He said, well, the associate we're fearing the most is Oman. I haven't even mentioned Oman yet. <laughs> that's how deep this tournament is. Yeah. Five years ago, there was weak links. Hong Kong were, were quite average, Papua New Guinea were poor, and Nepal were a fraction of the side they are now. There is no weak link, links amongst the 10 teams, in my opinion, this time uh, around. And speaking of uh, Oman, they're on the warm-up match. I know it's just a warm-up. They were down 7 for 4, and they ended up making 267. So the, these are teams that know how to bat. I mean, they played Zimbabwe in a warm-up, albeit on a flat desk, a deck in, that is in Sagashinga. And they ran Zimbabwe close and lost by tw- 28 runs, chasing 360-odd. So... There is a lot of talent in there. Now, having said that, the, the question would be for, for, uh, for, for Nepal. The Sikandar Raza effect. Huge. If he gets going, it can get messy. Look, it absolutely can. But I, I think the big thing David Houghton's probably done with this team is, albeit within a period where Sikandar Raza has been exceptional, He's lessened that reliance upon just that one man. There's been points probably two to three years ago where he was really carrying the team almost like a burden on his shoulders. But now there's match-winning performances coming from across the board. The fact that Sean Williams and Craig Irvine are both fit. Ryan Burrell has been excellent for the last 12 to 18 months. Really like Richard Angarav. I think he's one of the most underrated bowlers in the world. Blessing Muzurabani. You've got match-winners throughout that side. Wellington Masakadza has been very good as well. So, look, I don't think it's a one-man team, but he is one of literally one of the best players in the world and you even saw at the IPL I think Punjab were nowhere near as good with him without him as they were when he was in the team and that's the level he's taken his game to and he really looks evergreen he, he looks younger and fitter than he I saw a photo of him from 2018 yeah. just in the build up like to this I think he looked he looked, he looked older <laughs> no I don't know what he's Benjamin Button Sikandar Raza <laughs> there we go so uh, yeah so like you said you don't see in the tournament there being a uh Two test nations going. It's not. A, it's not a dead cert. But yeah, that's what you're saying. It, it could well end up being the case that two test nations will go through. I guess what I'm saying is I don't expect West Indies and Sri Lanka to go unbeaten for every game and meet in the final and sail off to India. Just as with no twister turns, we will see twister turns. Ireland, I haven't spoken about much. They've got one of the best batters in the world right now, Harry Tector, men's player of the month last month for the ICC, averaging best part of 50 in ODI cricket. And he is as good as probably we've ever produced, and I would maybe include the likes of Kevin O'Brien and Owen Morgan in that. So, Ed Joyce even. So, look, I I think everyone's capable of beating each other. The two that will really fly under the radar are Scotland and the Netherlands because of their the players that they're missing. The Dutch are missing eight from county cricket, Scotland missing four. Uh, and Scotland also, Kyle Coulter's just retired and Callum McLeod is a huge blow. Those two legends of the Scottish game both missing. But I think Scotland and the Netherlands, knowing their, their teams very well, they'll thrive on actually having zero expectations yeah. coming in. Mm. And they will, as we saw with the Dutch beating Ireland in a warm-up game, and, and even though Scotland... I think the problem for them is they're batting. I don't know where their runs are coming from consistently. I think they'll still upset sides. Mm. So if, if we piece all of that together, all the stuff we've just talked about, we've got an exciting tournament. We are in for a whopper. 2018 was epic. 
I think this is going to be better. Okay, so finally, where do you get your... What are you up to? Uh, your Twitter handle, your YouTube channel? <laughs> yeah, look, uh, appreciate you letting me give it a plug. Uh, I'm at Cricket Badge because I'm a Badger and I love the sport so much. Or just search my name, Andrew Leonard, uh, Andrew, uh, L-E-O-N-A-R-D, on YouTube. I'm going to actually be hoping to do sort of a daily rap each evening on video. And uh, particularly for, for Nepali fans where I do a lot of cricket, that's that's going to be aimed mainly at them. But it'll be talking about the tournament as a whole. And, and hopefully I'm trying to capture just how epic this tournament's going to be. I don't think I've ever been as excited about one as this. And I'm just, the only thing I'm sad about, I wish the Ashes wasn't on at the same time. Forget about the Ashes. The ICC Men's Cricket World Cup qualifier is where it's at. Oh, yes. Name is Larry Kerr. Thank you very much, Andrew Leonard. Remember, we follow me, uh, follow them. Remember that you can get this podcast on any podcatcher that out there. So whatever podcatcher, whether it's uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, anyway, it's all all over the place. Uh, Twitter account at Three Men on a Boat, uh, Facebook, Facebook.com forward slash uh, three men on a boat that is all letters on uh, Instagram is three mob.com three is a digit go on to uh, YouTube we've got an account three uh, three mob.com otherwise my name is Larry Kudadai I as I say where from where I come from I see you take care of yourself done thanks for listening we hope you enjoyed the show 